Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast, Graphic Quick News. As always, a huge thanks to everyone who's listening and everyone who is writing me. We are midway through this lovely month of November, and I am just so proud of my fellow Americans as well as my fellow human beings for coming together and just rallying around us Americans while we do our American duty and vote. This year was honestly a record turnout for our American youth, as well as a record number of POC and African-American women who were voted into Congress. So that's a huge freaking deal. And I'm just so elated. A month that has um, given us thanks and is a really good month to be thankful for. Like we're starting this month off, I think, pretty great. All right, so let's get started. A gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. Let's get it. Our first story comes um, from a person named Taylor Hatmaker. Um, from November 7th of 2020. So following a tense week of vote tallying, Joe Biden won the state of Pennsylvania and vaulted ahead in the race to become the next president of the United States. Biden's win in the critical state put him over the threshold of 270 electoral votes, cutting off all avenues for his opponent. Biden has prevailed by flipping key states that went to our former president in 2016, including Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Trump again won in Florida and Ohio, but in the end was unable to chart a path to an electoral victory. Biden also leads by millions in the popular vote, with a record number of votes cast this year, many through the mail. As his vice president, Kamala Harris will make history in a myriad of ways. The first one is being a woman, the second one being a woman of color, and um, the third being an Indian woman of color. So she will be the one to occupy the office. Harris is a California senator and the state's former attorney general. She has built a career in the tech industry's front yard. So she has shattered barriers and we're going to push those aside because this year's election will likely go down in infamy for many in the U.S. The race was the strangest in recent years, characterized by rising storms of misinformation, fears over the fate of scaled up vote by mail systems and a deadly virus that has claimed well over 230,000 American lives. So Biden's campaign was forced to adapt to drive up rallies, digital campaigning, instead of relying on the door to door and face to face interaction to mobilize the voters. The circumstances of this election also created the perfect ecosystem for misinformation, a situation made worse by our President Trump. His false claim of victory early Wednesday morning and ongoing claims of Democratic voter fraud, he appears to be in no mood to concede in this election, but in the end, the vote is what it is, and Joe Biden will take office on January 20th, 2021. With a sitting president rejecting that unwritten democratic norm would be alarming. 
this person's decision will have little bearing on the ultimate political outcome. Whatever the coming days hold, the United States of America is entering into a new and unprecedented phase of uncertainty in which misinformation abounds and political tensions and fears of politically motivated violence are running high. The former vice president's win brings a four-year run of Trumpism to an abrupt end, though its effects will still reverberate through American politics likely for decades. It also ushers in a new era in which Joe Biden plans to draw on the influence of an unlikely coalition of Democrats from across the political spectrum. The Senate still hangs in the balance with two very tight races in Georgia headed to January runoffs. Biden has laid out plans for sweeping climate action and a health care extension that would come more Americans and provide an opt-in Medicare-like public option. But his ability to enact most of those grand plans would hinge on a Democratic Senate. While either party was likely to continue pursuing more aggressive regulation for the technology industry, we'll be watching closely for signals of what's to come for this tech party. But even without the Senate, the president-elect may be capable of making a swift and critical impact where it is most needed, which is the coronavirus pandemic. The continued absence of a national plan to fight this virus and a White House that downplays the deadliness of it and discourages mask wearing, COVID-19 is raging out of control in states across the country, signaling a very de deadly winter just around the corner. The COVID-19 pandemic has been stressful and isolating for many people. Gatherings during the upcoming holidays can be an opportunity to reconnect with family and friends. This holiday season, please consider how your holiday plans can be modified to reduce the spread of COVID-19 to keep your friends, family, and communities healthy and safe. Unfortunately, COVID-19 epidemic is worsening and a small household gatherings are an important con contributor to the rise in COVID-19 cases. So the CDC is offering the following considerations to slow the spread of COVID-19 during small gatherings. These considerations are meant to supplement, not replace, any state, local, territorial, or tribal health and safety law, rule, or regulation with which all gatherings must comply. Considerations for small gatherings of family and friends, celebrating virtually or with members of your own household who are consistently taking measures to reduce the spread of COVID poses the low risk for this spread. Your household is anyone who currently lives and shares common spaces in your housing unit, such as your house or apartment. This can include family members as well as roommates or people who are unrelated to you. People who do not currently live in your housing unit, such as college students who are returning home from school for the holidays, should be considered part of different households. In-person gatherings that bring fa families together or friends from different households, including college students returning home, pose varying levels of risk. Organizers and attendees of larger events should consider the risk of the virus spread based on event sizes, number of attendees, and other factors, and take steps to reduce the possibility of infection. There are several factors that contribute to the risk of getting and spreading COVID-19 at small in-person gatherings. In combination, these factors will create various amounts of risk. 
community levels of COVID-19, higher increasing levels of COVID-19 cases in the gatherings location, as well as the areas where the attendees are coming from. They increase the risk of infection and spreading. So the family and friends should consider the number of COVID-19 cases in their community and in the community where they plan to celebrate when they decide whether to host or to attend a gathering. Information on the number of cases in the area can often be found on your local health department website. Exposure during travel, so airports, bus stations, train stations, public transport, gas stations, rest stops, are all places travelers can be exposed to the virus in the air and on surfaces. Location of the gathering, indoor gatherings, especially those with poor ventilation, for example, small enclosed spaces with no outside air pose more risk than outdoor gatherings. The duration of the gatherings. Gatherings that last longer pose more risk than short gatherings. Being within six feet of someone who has COVID for a cumulative of a total 15 minutes or more greatly increases the risk of becoming sick and require 14-day quarantine. The number of crowding of people at the gathering. Gatherings with more people pose more risk than gatherings with fewer people. So the CDC does not have a limit or recommend a specific number of attendees for the gathering. The size of a holiday gathering should be determined based on the ability of the attendees from the different households to be able to stay six feet, which is two arm lengths apart, wear masks, wash their hands, follow state local territorial or tribal health and safety laws, rules and regulations. So the behaviors of the attendees prior to the gathering, individuals who did not consistently adhere to this social distancing, mask wearing, hand washing, and other prevention behaviors are gonna pose way more risk than those who have consistently practiced these safety measures. Behaviors on attendees during the gathering, Gatherings with more safety measures in place, such as mask wearing, social distancing, hand washing, are going to pose less risk than gatherings where fewer or no preventative measures are being implemented. Use of alcohol or drugs can alter your judgment and make it more difficult to practice COVID-19 safety measures. So the following people should not attend in-person holiday gatherings. People with or who have been exposed to COVID. Do not host or participate in any in-person gatherings if you or anyone in your household has been diagnosed with COVID and has not met the criteria for when it is safe to be around others, has symptoms of COVID, is waiting for your COVID viral test results, may have been exposed to COVID by someone within the last 14 days, or is that an increased risk of severe illness from COVID? Do not host or attend gatherings with anyone who has COVID or has been exposed to someone with COVID in the last 14 days. People at increased risk for severe illness. If you are an older adult or a person with certain medical conditions who is at increased risk of severe illness from COVID or live or work with someone at increased risk of severe illness, you should avoid in-person gatherings with people who do not live in your household. Considerations for hosting or attending the gathering. If you will be hosting a gathering during the holiday season that brings people who live in different households together, just follow the CDC tips for hosting gatherings. If you will be attending a gathering that someone else is hosting, follow the CDC considerations for events and gatherings. Below, there are some really general considerations. Guests should be aware of these considerations and ask their hosts what mitigation measures will be in place during the gathering. So hosts should considering the following. So the host should check their COVID infection rates in the areas where attendees live 
um, based on their health department website, based on their current status to the pandemic, consider if it is safe to hold or attend the gathering on that proposed date. Um, the host should also consider to limit the number of attendees as much as possible to allow people from different households to remain at least six feet apart at all times. Guests should avoid direct contact, handshakes, hugs with another household. The host should consider um, hosting outdoors rather than indoors as much as possible. Even outdoors require guests to wear a mask when they're not eating or drinking. The host should consider avoiding holding the gathering in a crowded, poorly ventilated space with people who are not in their household. The host should also consider increasing the ventilation by opening the windows, the doors to the extent that it's safe and feasible based on the weather, or by placing central air and heating on continuous circulation. Winter weather can be cold, wet, and unpredictable, and inclement weather makes it difficult to increase the ventilation by opening windows or to hold an event outdoors. So if you are setting up outdoors, the seating under a pop-up open air tent ensure the guests are still seated with physical distancing in mind. Enclosed four-wall tents will have less air circulation that than open air tents. If outdoor temperatures or weather forces you to put up the tent sidewalls, consider leaving one or more open or rolled up on the bottom of each sidewall to enhance the ventilation. Require guests to wear masks at gatherings that include people from different households. Everyone should wear a mask that covers both the mouth and the nose except when eating or drinking. It's also important to stay at least six feet away from people who are not in your household at all times. Um, hosts should encourage their guests to avoid singing or shouting, especially indoors. Keep the music levels down so people do not have to shout or speak loudly. Hosts should encourage the attendees to wash their hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds if the soap and water are not readily available. Um, the host should have hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. The host should provide guest information about any COVID-19 safety guidelines and steps that will be in place at the gatherings to prevent the spread of the virus. The host should also be able to provide and or encourage their attendees to bring supplies to help everyone stay healthy. That includes extra masks, don't share or swap yours, hand sanitizer that contains 60% alcohol or more, tissue, bathrooms with enough hand soap and single-use towels. The host should also limit contact with um, commonly touched surfaces or shared items and have their guests do the same. The host should clean and disinfect the commonly touched surfaces and any shared items between the use when feasible and use EPA-approved um, disinfectant. Use touchless garbage cans if it's available. Use the gloves when removing the garbage bags or handling and disposing trash. Wash your hands after removing your gloves. Plan ahead. Ask your guests to um, avoid contact with people outside of their household for 14 days before coming to this gathering. Treat your pets as you would other family members. Do not let your pets interact with people outside of your household. The more of these prevention measures that you put in place, the safer your gathering will be. No one measure is enough to prevent the spread of COVID. Food and drinks at the small holiday holiday gatherings. Currently, there is no evidence to suggest that handling food or eating is associated with the direct spread of COVID. It is possible that a person can get COVID by touching a surface or object, including food, food packaging, or the utensils that have the virus on it, and then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly their eyes. 
However, this is not thought to be the main way that the virus is spread. Remember, it is always important to follow food safety practices to reduce the risk of illness from common foodborne germs. So you should encourage your guests to bring food and drinks for themselves and for members of their own household only. Avoid potluck style gatherings. I repeat, avoid potluck style gatherings. Wear a mask while preparing the food for or serving food to others who do not live in your household. All attendees should have a plan for where to store their mask while eating and drinking. Keep it in a dry breathable bag like a pair of mesh fabric bag to keep it clean before um, before or in between uses. Limit people going in and out of the areas where food is being prepared or handled, such as in the kitchen or around the grill. Have one person who is wearing a mask serve all the food so that multiple people are not handling the serving utensils. Use single-use options or identify one person to serve shareable options like salad dressing, food container, plates, utensils, condiments. Make sure everybody washes their hands with soap and water for 20 seconds before and after preparing, serving, and eating their food, and after taking out the trash. Use hand sanitizer as well that can contain at least 60% alcohol if soap and water are not available. Designate a space for guests to wash their hands after handling or eating food. Limit crowding in areas where food is served by having one person dispense food individually to plates, always keeping a minimum of six foot distance from the person whom they are serving. Avoid crowded buffet and drink stations. Change and launder linen items, seating covers, tablecloth, linen napkins immediately following the event. Offer no-touch trash cans for guests to easily throw away their food items. Wash dishes in the dishwasher or with hot soapy water immediately following the event. Travel and overnight stays. If you decide to travel, these are the safety measures during your trip to protect yourself and others. Wear a mask in the public setting, like on public and mass transportation at events and gatherings, and anywhere you will be around other people. Avoid close contact by staying at least six feet apart from anyone who is not from your household. Wash your hands often with soap and water. Avoid contact with anyone who is sick. Avoid touching your face, mask, nose, eyes, mouth. Travel increases the chances of getting and spreading the virus that causes COVID. Staying home is the best way to protect yourself and others. Now we've reached the second half of my show, which is letters to Jessica. First letter is from a male from Alabama. I don't know what it is about folks from Alabama, but they sure do love to write me, don't they? (laughs) He writes, Dear Jessica, my girlfriend and I have been dating for the past nine months. This past week, I found out that she has been talking to other guys and telling them that they are handsome. I also found out that she snuck behind my back and texted her ex to talk to her about our relationship problems. I read the text messages and now I don't know how I should feel. What should I do? Mm? Well, I'm sorry this happened to you. Um, This is not a cool way to find out. I mean, I'm sure when you guys had the argument, she was like, why did you steal my phone? Why didn't you just talk to me? (laughs) 
So, okay, so first off, let's just go with the whole she's telling other people that they're handsome. I don't think you should be upset about that. I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes people are just complimenting other people like you're handsome, you're cute, and you, you know, enough is enough. But I can see where it would make you suspicious because at the end of the day, she is texting someone else who um, she had a relationship with previously. And she's not just texting them like, hey, what's up? She's actually texting them about the problems in y'all's relationship. And I would imagine since you're, you know, contacting me, that that conversation that you read was um, more of a comparative conversation. Like, I didn't used to have to go through this with you when we were together. And I think that is just a horrible thing to see. And it's a horrible thing to write because you should never compare relationships because each person is unique and different. And each relationship is there to teach you something and not necessarily um, be able to compare it. And that's another thing. If I'm able to compare it and there's a lot of similarities, that should be a red flag, you know, especially if you're not able to find love or you're not able, to, you know what I mean, to find people that you can connect with on an intimate level. So, you know, that is what it is. But at the end of the day, what you should be doing is first off, um, I'm just assuming that you guys had this argument and that you told her, but you may not. And if you haven't, I think this is the conversation that you need to have. And um, I would ask her straight up if she is being unfaithful if she is talking to her ex and if she is honest enough to say yes I was doing that then I would go from there and try to you know is there something that I can do that I'm not doing you know or you know because you got to figure out why she's not talking to you and she's using him as a little crutch because that's what it sounds like it could be a crutch or it could just be one of those rubbing it in his face situations but at the end of the day you can't worry about that you have to worry about making sure that you're doing everything in your ability in this relationship to make it a good relationship not just for you but for her as well because it takes two people to be in a relationship so just make sure that you're giving a hundred percent even when she's not giving a hundred percent and that's how what it is. It can't be tit for tat. Because when relationships become tit for tat, then they become petty. So I would tell you to talk to her about this. And if she has um, a good reason, like me and him are above that, it's friendship, and, and you feel that way, then go ahead. But I don't think that's how you feel. I think those text messages were probably a little much. And, you know, if you want to sever the ties in this relationship, no one should fault you for that. But you do have to be honest with her as far as how you found out about what was going on. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to just dip on her and she'd be like, why did you break up with me? And, and then a year later, two years later, when she's in another relationship, you're like, the reason I broke up with you was because. Because that's shitty too. So the best thing for you to do is sit down with her and just either tell her, hey, I went through your phone and I saw this. 
and hey, these guys are coming up to me, letting me know that you're telling them that you're handsome or if you read it in some text messages, why are you telling these men that you're that they're handsome when you're with when you know we're together? I don't personally feel comfortable with that. You know, um, I don't know if you would feel comfortable with me calling other women beautiful, but you have to have a conversation with her. And I think you're on your way. And I'm so happy that you wrote me and asked me because I think if you do this, it can not only help that relationship, but if you guys don't even choose to be together, it can help you in the next relationship because then you know, hey, I need to communicate. I need to ask. And that's what a relationship is. It's a give and a take and it's ups and it's downs. It's not going to always be a honeymoon, but if you have effective communication, you can get through it. Thanks for the letter. Our next letter is from a male in Florida who writes, Dear Jessica, my girlfriend and I have been together for two years. We are on our way to becoming engaged. Everybody says that we are a perfect couple. The issue right now is that she wants to have children by the time she is 30. She is 28. I do not want children. I have told her this when we first started dating. I am more focused on building my career and business. Am I wrong? Should we get engaged? Is this a deal breaker? Wait a minute. I'm confused, male in Florida. You said that your only issue is that y'all didn't want children. And then you come down and say, should we get engaged? So I feel like maybe your question is, do you think this girl is right for you? And I think maybe this is the thing. It's two years, so that's, you know, 700 and something days together. Um, everyone is saying that you guys are the perfect couple. And maybe that's what's keeping you guys together is that you guys have surpassed your friends and family's expectations of what a couple should be. And we can all pretend that we don't get off on that shit, <laughs> but we do, because if that wasn't the case, people wouldn't be saying, oh my God, my mother loves my dad, you know, and my mother wouldn't be showing my pictures and saying they're going to have the cutest grandbabies ever. It's a thing. So... If you pull that aside, I'm going to ask you that question. If you take away everybody's compliments of what, quote unquote, you guys are, which is perfect, you take away that and you take away the fact that you have told her from the beginning that children are not for you, you are more goal oriented, which means you're probably wanting her to be more goal oriented. So if you take all that away, is she the girl for you? And I know, I don't know why you wrote me because <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? That's number one right there is you take all that away. Is she the girl for you? And it may hurt some folks' feelings, you know what I mean? Because, you know, people live vicariously through other people, especially your friends. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I, I thought y'all was going to make it and have babies. And, they, and then you start listening to, like, their little play in their mind that they've, you know, run out for you guys. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, so just remember that. If she's not right for you, then she's not right for you. Two years, yes, that is an investment. And I notice people don't like to, you know, just be like, you know what, I, I quit. It was a good investment. It was a good run. Uh, I'll move on. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You just have to go, yeah, you know what, it was a good investment. I'll move on. And there are people who have broken up and been very amicable, amicable about that. 
So maybe you guys will be a couple like that if that is your decision. But at the end of the day, it sounds like you've been very vocal about what you want in this relationship. And it seems like you have been ignored in this relationship. Yeah, because the truth is, if this is someone who wants to be with you forever, the number one thing, you got to listen to your partner, right? Because you're going to listen to her. She says she wants that new purse or that new coat or her nails done or that new sewing. You know what I mean? You're going to listen to her and do it. So is she listening to you when it really counts? And that's another thing in a relationship. You have to listen to people when it really counts. So is she really hearing you when you say you don't want kids? Or are you not telling her that you don't want kids? Are you dancing around the subject? Are you just like, when she brings it up, are you like, eh, we'll wait and see? Because guys think if they say, we'll wait and see, that's like girls are supposed to read that and be like, oh, that means no. When in reality, we're not mind readers. Sometimes you need to vocalize that to people like, we'll wait and see means no. And this is the thing. She may say, you know what, I can sacrifice not having kids for our wealth. And you guys can do that. And once you guys come up in a way, you may decide, hey, she, you know, she wants a baby and I want a baby. We've worked together hard. We love each other. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you should never feel like someone is ignoring what you're saying. And in this relationship, just make sure that what you are saying, you're saying it correctly so that she can hear you. So if you do not want children with her, you need to express that before you guys get married because marriage just amplifies the problems. So if you don't want kids and she does want kids, that will be usually the argument that you guys have. Even if the argument is about bills underneath it, it's really about the fact that you're denying her the one thing that she wants. She doesn't want money. She doesn't want diamonds. She just wants an heir. So just remember that. And if she's, if you think she will be that kind of temperament, then you need to let her find somebody who will be on her timeline. And I think people, men forget that. Women have a timeline. After like 30, those eggs get real, real wild. And not everybody is, you know, a celebrity and can drop, you know, $50,000 to get your eggs taken out and frozen for years and years, you know what I mean, until you're ready. So just remember that 28 is actually, that's a little, you know, a little old. By the time she's 30, if she has that baby, that's a high risk pregnancy. She could end up with high blood pressure, diabetes, get into a coma, emergency C-section. Childbirth um, in your 30s as a woman is a very scary idea and I'm not just making it up you may want to you know google google works (laughs) but I would say at the end of the day if you love this person if she's the one for you then you know love will conquer all and you'll make that right decision so thanks so much for the letter Last letter of the episode is from a female in California who writes to Jessica. I'm a sex worker and I am over people misjudging me. Sometimes I get really depressed about it. Do you have any advice? 
ooh, female from California, tell me about it. Um, my advice to you is to keep your head up. Um, if anything, you're strong, you're resilient, you've gotten through a lot because you've got to mentally and physically. I think you just have to remember that you have a support system. Sometimes it feels like you don't because you work for yourself. As an independent contractor, you have to make those moves happen. Sometimes when those moves don't happen, it makes you feel like it's your fault and it's a setback, when in reality, sometimes that move is just not the right move for you. So just remember that everything in your life in this moment, it's gonna pass, even this feeling. Um, And this is just the universe thickening your skin up. And you just got to remember that you are stronger than the words that are being said. You're stronger than what people say to you, how they say it, when they say it. And you do not have control over them. You just have control over you. A big thing that I've learned through my life is that I am a mirror. Every person in your life is a mirror. And what you do when you see that person and when they see you, when they talk about your life, talk about the things you do, your behaviors, they're really not talking about you. They're talking about themselves if they were you. Yeah. And most people don't realize that. So when people say horrible things to you, that's not really about you. It's about them and what they think people would say to them if they were you. Yeah. So that was a big wake up for me is when people would say horrible things to me and call me fake and phony and I mean it was horrible at one point and it just made me realize that's people's idea of me and it got to a point where I wanted to really change people's idea of me and work around them and you know and then you realize I have put so much energy into trying to remove this stigma and the shame when in reality I'm not the stigma and I'm not the shame it's these fucking people (laughs) it's these fucking people and I'm tired of their shit and I just want them to understand that I'm a fucking human and as nice as I am there is another side that can get just as mean you know what I mean and you'll get there so that's what I'm saying is you just gotta You got to just hold on, stay strong, and just remember that it's not about you. It's about them. And unfortunately, people are horrible people. But the number one thing you know is there are tons of girls out there who are just like you who can understand. So your number one thing, I think, is to get into a group, maybe a retweet group, maybe a like group, maybe just a group that has SWs in it. And 
you guys just support each other and talk. I know there are some some certain sites who have actual support lines where you can call in when you're feeling down. And um, I emailed you um, a couple of those um, when I got this letter. So I hope you check those links out and then um, just go from there. But the number one thing that you want to do is stay strong because the world is wild, but you get paid to be wild. (laughs) So that means you get to control it. Everything around you can be controlled. And you just have to remember that you're worth it, that whatever they're saying, again, it's not about you. It's about what they think. And most people don't know shit. And as a wonderful person always says, if they're not paying your bills, pay those bitches no mind. Thanks so much for the letter. Hang in there.